in a world that has more than enough information and noise. Is it even possible to truly anchor ourselves and have peace in a scattered world? Hi, this is Pamela and Mary, and we are a mother-daughter team who span two generations but share one message. We will delve into what it looks like to be fully integrated, body, soul, and spirit, and will bring encouragement and hope all along the way. We get it. Life is hard. And let's be real. Hard doesn't even begin to describe it on some days. But we want you to know that you're not alone. And not only that, we are here to come alongside you and cheer you on as you walk out your individual storyline. So join us as we journey together and laugh, cry, and everything in between. Welcome to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey, Ma. Hey, Mary. Man, I've had a full day and I think you could beat me by the miles today. <laughs> You've had a full day, huh? That is accurate. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Annabella's, my oldest, 17th birthday, and it's been full. Well, I woke up super sick and I did not sleep well. And then I think that is like, I feel like the epitome of what you could say, life of a mother. It's like, you haven't slept you're super sick, but you don't have an option. You just have to keep going. Like there's, you, there's no, yeah, call in sick day on your daughter's birthday. So anyways, yes, I was up at like 7 a.m. like making little things for her. Anyways. Whittling the right, things. Right. Yes. So mm-hmm. it was, it was good. Mm-hmm. But I know that you said your air conditioning is out. So that I'm pretty sure trumps me no matter what, because that's awful. I, it's not exactly off, but it just doesn't really cool things hardly at all. So that's what I would consider not working. It's not off. It just doesn't cool things. Well, that's its job. So that is a problem. Yes. yes today was our 46th anniversary, yes. as you know. So we, we kind of celebrated it yesterday. And uh, today is was kind of a church day, and there was a lot going on there. And uh, it was a full day, and it's let's tell our listeners that it's nine thirty at night, uh, my time, and we are both in a closet, and you're in the pantry of your kitchen. That's right, yeah, because you've got you've got a lot of teenagers over, and so we're both trying to stay awake and record this. <laughs> yes, I just kept going into each room, and I'm like, nope, can't go there. Nope, can't go there. And then my youngest daughter was like, Mom, why don't you try the pantry? I'm like, okay. Way to go, Murphy. Yeah. yeah. So I'm stuffed in the corner of the pantry. But we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. So today we are going to be talking about how to know if you're making the right decision. I don't know about you, Mom. I know that I feel like you haven't struggled with this near as much as I have. This has been a constant struggle in my life. Would you say that's true? I mean, you know it's true for me. Would you say you haven't struggled with it quite as much. I would say, yeah, probably not as much. And again, I have given weight to it being a bit of a generational thing yeah, too. Yeah. Again, just too many choices yes. and too many voices and all that. I'd start off by saying I think that's definitely a part of what's happening today. But yeah, so I haven't, I haven't, but I've, I've dealt with it a lot with this generation. Yes. I would say that, talking to them about it. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I feel like we may all have vision for like my life mission statement. I mean, some of us, I don't know. I kind of have like an overall picture of where I'm going, but sometimes it's like, okay, but what's the next best thing as far as what's the next step to take? And that thought of making a bad decision or a wrong decision has definitely paralyzed me. And like you said, so many others as far as I don't want to make the wrong choice. I don't want to make the wrong decision. So I just become paralyzed and so fearful to do anything at all. Yeah. I, and I think with that, I would say, let's just start with what we like to start with is a foundation. Yeah. So let's just kind of start with a, a foundation to say, what's driving this, yes. right? Because where's all this overwhelm coming from, this anxiety 
And uh, quite honestly, I think the baseline is fear. Absolutely. We could just call fear, yeah. you know? So our decisions and how we make them and, and all the steps, maybe let's just kind of just give a brief look at what's maybe causing some of this. Yeah, I think that's so good because I think for so long, I called it something that it wasn't. For me personally, this is something I have so struggled with. I haven't gotten into certain parts of my story, but I struggled very severely with different kind of OCD tendencies. And kind of an interesting one that I didn't really even know was a thing was this paralyzing fear of not knowing what to do next. And I'm talking about like, should I take a shower or not take a shower? And I would go into an anxiety panic attack. I know that probably sounds insane to someone that that wouldn't be an issue. But even on a bigger scope of, do I send my kid to this school? Do I do this thing? And my perspective of it was, I want to make a right choice. What if I'm not going to make a good choice? And I want to do what I feel like the Lord's leading me to. I, I would have never called it fear, but I do feel like as I was really praying and processing, I felt like I got this picture of the Lord leading me on the side of a cliff. And he was a shepherd and I was this little sheep and he was leading me. And I was a little sheep and I kept saying, okay, shepherd, I, I don't want to go off the cliff. I'm scared I'm going to go off the cliff. And the shepherd kept saying to me, don't worry, you don't have to be afraid. You're not going to go off the cliff. You're walking next to me. I will tell you if you're about to go off the cliff. I will lead you. I will guide you. You don't have to be afraid. But I just kept getting a picture of me as that little sheep saying, oh, no, but I feel like I'm about to go off. Are you sure I'm not about to go off? I think I'm going to go off. I think I'm going to go off. And then I felt like the Lord just kind of looked down at me in this picture and just said, you don't trust me. You don't trust me to keep you safe and to keep you from falling off this cliff. And I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is fear. It's fear and really unbelief of the Lord because I'm like, if I really, really trusted that the Lord is going to keep me, even in the midst of my brokenness and me sometimes making quote unquote, not the best decision, do I trust that he'll still lead me in the midst of that? Yes, yes. For those of you who don't know, Mary sent me some ideas just last night for some topics. And I have to tell you, Mary, I haven't talked to you since then, but in this piece that we're talking about, making the right decision or making a bad decision, or is the decision even remotely what God wants? Right. But can you just say the line that you wrote to me last night and you said, what if the Lord is what? Yes. But what if the Lord is kinder than we think? Well, it brought tears to my yes. eyes and it still does. Yes. I think, and what you're saying is God showed you that picture of the cliff. At the end of the day, I think truthfully that the gist of a lot of this comes from, we really have a wrong idea of the power that we have in this world. Right. And and we, we misunderstand that how God sees that we are weak and that we are lame and that we are blind yes. and, and that we are pitiful and that we couldn't possibly protect ourselves. He's a perfect father, the perfect husband to us and spouse to the men that are listening, wife. He is the perfect one and he knows us through and through. And the thing is, is I just want to say to all of us listening, is that he is the one who keeps the covenant. Yes. It's not up to us, just like your children or your niece or your nephew. It, it doesn't matter if you're teaching them how to color in the lines and they bring it to you and it's not colored imperfectly. Did they have a desire to color it the way they were told to color it with the right color? Yes. Well, what do you think 
we are. We are lesser than our children are to us. Yes. In terms of smallness. And so, see, this is the thing that's not a secret, but that God is not about us performing perfectly, not about coloring inside the lines in a way where we're messing it up. But you see, he is a beautiful and perfect creator father. And you know all he wants? He wants what you want of your child. He wants you to say, yes, I'm going to really try this time. I'm going to really want to do this. I'm going to really try to pray tomorrow. I'm going to set my alarm. And then the baby screamed all night and somebody threw up on you. And the next day said, you know, I should just stop making these decisions because I fail at them all the time. Right. Now, is that what God saw? No, he didn't see that at all. He saw somebody with a heart that was for him and desired him. And this is the distinction when we're shaking our fist and we're in rebellion. That is the thing that makes him sad because he knows it will keep our hearts from him. This idea of rebellion is what God is always talking about in the word, that we're hardening our hearts, that we're being independent, that we're not even consulting him. He's altogether different than we are, first of all. And he's asking us to come into a relationship that we would trust him and climb in his lap and that he would transform us from the inside out. So in that, I think what I'm also saying is that finding the will of God can become like the most painful and and overwhelming thought to a lot of people. They search and search for the will of the Lord. Let's just start with this, that red, yellow, blue, green. Sometimes God gives us lots of free will and choice with a million things. And the things that are heavy on your heart, honestly, you can trust that he is more than able to speak to you at any given time in any given way. And he will. I want us to walk away from this conversation today, having not fear and regret or shame, but I want us to have peace and confidence as we make our life decisions. Knowing if we're including God in this, this is all he is asking from us. Yes, that's so good. And I love that because that's exactly right on. I love the coloring picture because the Lord is always looking at the heart. And it's like if you told a kid, okay, how about you try to color with the blue crayon with this? And they're like, I hate the blue crayon and snap it in half. And it's like, the blue crayon sucks. You know, the Lord's like, you're not having that heart. And so if you're trying to color... That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. And it's so funny. As I'm teaching both of my kids to drive, my older two, my 15 and 16-year-old, they are both so insanely different in every way, but their driving styles is so crazy different. And I noticed that when we come to stop signs, they both do something so different. And I just, I feel like the Lord was so speaking me through that. My first one, who I'm still teaching how to drive, but she does have her license. I feel like I have to give that disclaimer, but we're still learning every day. When she would come to a stop sign, she was paralyzed. She was like looking right, left, right, left. And then I would say, you can go. And she's like, are you sure? Are you sure? And then she would go super slow or like gun it and just really lack of confidence. And I feel like that's kind of what we're talking about is that kind of paralyzed with fear, just not trusting, right? And then my son 
we've had to talk a lot about what is a rolling stop at a stop sign and how you actually have to stop at stop signs. They're not suggestions. They're not just like, hey, if you feel like it, you have to stop. There's like these two different trains of thought. It's either, okay, God, I'm good. I don't have to stop to pause, to invite the Lord into the situation. I've got this. I've got this. And then there's the other one that's like, you're paralyzed. And so both, both are very detrimental. Both lead to wrecks. I talked to both of them. My oldest, Annabelle, is like, but I'm being cautious. I'm like, no, you're going to get into a wreck. And then my son, of course, he would for sure get into a wreck because he's just going to smash into a car because he's not stopping. But again, the Lord's like, I'm not asking for either one. I'm asking to just trust Mm. me. Yes, yes, I agree. I mean, I think everything we read Everything that is so clear in scriptures is all about this faith that manifests itself in trust. And so I would say that that is the heart of God, is that we would come to trust him and knowing that he is good and that he is for us and that it is Jesus plus nothing and that he's unto relationship and that he's unto this intimacy that he desires for us to have with himself and his son. This is something our decisions are made out of where we're living our lives every day. Yes. So it's not like we go into hyper spirit mode because we can't necessarily catch up from all the lost manna if if we're kind of in the wilderness. So sometimes we suffer consequences for not being more ready for something that came at us in an emergent kind of way. There's all kinds of things, but God can allow those things to help us to see where we really are. Are we walking in trust with him every day in the little things and not just getting completely panicked when something bigger comes along? So I think trust is key with with the Lord. Yes, yes. And back to that stop sign, it is that when we're abiding with him and trusting him, he does want us to stop at that stop sign and pause. Just pause, look right, left, right. Ask the Lord, like, Lord, what do you think? What are you saying right now? Is this the right season? It makes sense to me. I want to plow ahead, but Lord, I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause and consult you and look in your face. I'm not going to, maybe like my older daughter, pause and then second guess it. And then when I see no cars, I still pause because I'm still afraid and I'm still worried that there's cars there, right? It's like, we're called to pause. We are called to pause and not just plow through the intersection to to fix our eyes on the Lord and say, God, I want to invite you into this decision. And then when we're feeling peace and we feel like, okay, I don't see any cars, I'm going to move forward and I'm going to trust that the Lord's going to lead me. Yes. There's so many things that we don't even have to consider, but I think mostly it is good to pause and to wait, to wait on the Lord. And that can be for an hour. It doesn't have to be for days. Right. God is so quick to hear you cry out to him. If you ask him something, God, I, I don't know which one of these to pick. And I'm, I have to make this decision and buy it on Amazon today. I honestly think that God, he really does hear that. And if you're really stressed out, you just say, okay, God, I'm not really hearing. I think this is the best. Please direct me. But otherwise this is what I'm going to do. And that we can have peace and confidence because God is the one who's directing it all and, and more than able to break in at any time on anything. I think there is sometimes when we're finding ourselves procrastinating, you know, and putting things off too long. And so sometimes we almost have to just take action and a small step 
so that we have movement. That reminds me, Mary, of our podcast, just the idea of it took a long time to actually take an actionable step for me for all of the research and trying to be sure the timing was right and all those things. Right. There's ways, there's ways we can go to our husband, a good friend, a leader, someone, and we can say, hey, can you give me some wisdom and speak into my life about this? And Mary, as you became as a partner with me here to say, mom, it's time. Right. To just take the next step. To go potty yep. or get off the pot. Yes. That's we just right. got to go. Right. We got to go. Right. Yes. Just taking that next step, whatever it is. And as you move, doors will open or doors will close. Things will be made clear, whether good or bad. I will say, though, with that, I'm thinking of, let's say you've made a choice or obviously everybody's biggest fear is you're going to make a choice and it's going to be the bad choice, the wrong choice. It's going to have negative consequences. And as someone who believes that God is sovereign and he's faithful, I, I felt like the Lord was saying, even if the choice that you made turns out negative, why do you all of a sudden mean that that was the wrong choice? Amen. I've made a few choices in the last few years. I feel like really big choices. And they kind of blew up in my face. Now, when I say blow up in my face, I mean, man, did they not go the way I thought they were going to go. I made the choice thinking that it was going to have these amazing repercussions. And I really felt like I was supposed to make that choice. It felt like the negative happened. It felt like when I made that choice, everything blew up. And after it, man, isn't that the first thing you do? Was like, well, I guess I wasn't supposed to do that. Yes. And the Lord very clearly was like, why? That's exactly what I asked mm -hmm. you to do. And I'm like, oh, you like led me into this fire. <laughs> he, he's like, yup, this was the fastest way to pull off that Band-Aid. It's exactly what I had you do. So it just kind of reshifting our perspective to be like, yeah, the Lord might be asking us to do something. And all of us are making the decision because we think it's going to help us thrive, our kids thrive. And of course we're going to do that. And the Lord wants that too. But the way and the story of how he's going to help us thrive may look different than ours. So if we make a choice or a decision and it has what we would consider negative repercussions, let's just be careful before we jump to the conclusion that it wasn't the right choice. Well, yeah, I had a conversation with somebody today after church about this exact same thing. It was a very, very large and consequential decision. And, and absolutely positively, God has done it to change her life inside out, but it had very negative consequences. Right. So we were on this very topic today. And I love this point, this next point you're bringing up. And that is, it, why, why do we rush to this idea that if it's what we perceive as something negative, that we made the wrong choice? The thing is, is that many times, I mean, quite honestly, if you do believe that God is sovereign, he's leading us all the time. I call it bait and switch. Sometimes I feel like he's luring me and it's like, you know, well, I just had to get you over right. here, but this isn't where we're going at all. Yeah. But that we would consider, that we would just begin to consider that if we love God and we are his children and he loves us with an infinite love, he will never leave us or forsake us. Yes. He is, there is nothing to perform for because we're already tainted and broken and the only way that we have access to him is because of his beautiful beloved son and whom is all we have done is say thank you yes we would like salvation yes. but at the end of it all that we would reframe how we're seeing god as this taskmaster where he's not pleased then he's always mad 
I would say, let's invite God in to rewire us and reteach us who he is and how he sees us. He can't be surprised. He already knows we're all messed up. Thank the Lord. He doesn't require something of us that we cannot offer him. And that's a pure and a perfect sacrifice. So he is, this is why he is saying, it's your heart that I desire, not your sacrifice. I want your heart. Yes. And you can't give me anything. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. Really? I can take all the calf I want. I don't want that. And I have no need of that. What I desire is that I've made you to be like me. And I want you to love me with all your heart and all your strength. And I am for you. So these things can become paralyzing. And I think today we live in such a fast world that sometimes we find ourselves having to make like a million little decisions all day long. Sometimes I can look at my to-do list, can be pages long, and it's like I can sort of, if I see too many things, I can get a little overwhelmed. I think this can work in the big and the small things. Yeah, I love that you brought that up. There's a million decisions that we have to make per day, all the time. As we kind of transition here, as far as just some practical takeaways, I know that there's just a practical level of decision exhaustion overload of the amount of decisions that we have to make per day. And so I think just limiting, just in a practical way, limiting the amount of decisions that we have to make really helps our psyche. Yeah, I do too. And I was thinking about kind of what word came to my mind about that part of this subject. And it was quite honestly, we need to give ourselves more boundaries, right? We just need to say, no, I, I can't do that. I can't possibly do that. And so that we begin to look at ourselves in a way that's maybe more realistic. And so we put boundaries in our life and say, I'm not even going to be involved with this anymore because I've got too much going on and I can't really make all the decisions that are necessary for that. Or we partner up with a person again to help us. I think that can be a big help to people with some, even those just admin kind of decisions. I mean, we can all get drowning in any one of these things, but that we would be more intentional. We would be intentional to say, this is too much. I got to come, I got to come up with a different plan. Right. This is too much. Right. And maybe set boundaries. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many different resources. It's hard to like talk about these topics when I know certain people are so gifted in these specific areas. I'm thinking of two podcasts off the top of my head. I think they even have books, the next right thing podcast, where literally the whole podcast is about making decisions and decision fatigue. And it is incredible. I love, love, love it by Emily P. Freeman. I'll put it in the show notes. And then I think this is her friend, but another podcast is called The Lazy Genius. And I also have been loving that. And a lot of what that one is about is making a decision once and then not making it again. So I feel like those are two great ones that really that's like their whole thing that they talk about. We're all about giving resources to dive in to certain topics that you feel like, okay, I really need to look more into this. But I will say, yes, I think just kind of taking a look at your life and we've kind of talked about this on other episodes, but are there certain areas of your life that you're always feeling like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do in this situation, even as simple as what to wear in the morning. And I know some people that have adopted the uniform, have adopted the uniform, right? Obama, what did he have? Like one suit he wore? No, I think it was like three or something. And he just rotated and just had many of the same. And he just, he never had to think about what he was going to wear. And I think his whole premise was, I have way too many 
real life altering decisions I need to make. And this cannot be one of them. This cannot be something that fills my headspace. And I think that is so, so smart. And honestly, it's foolish to think that those things aren't filling up our time and our mind and our headspace because they are. Those tiny little decisions are interfering with the bigger decisions and with our mental headspace. So the more that we can take those small things off of our plate, it gives us more capacity to think about some of these bigger decisions. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Marion. In closing here, just leaning into kind of this emotional and mental health part of ourselves and emotional maturity. These all come to play in these kinds of things. The more you find yourself in any area getting overwhelmed or paralyzed or wanting to run away, you know, that flight, fight, or freeze. Anytime you're feeling those in any area of your life, I would just suggest that that's a good time to find the time because you're just staying on the same merry-go-round. And so when you find yourself just going around the same track again, the idea is to maybe take a step off and begin to do something that's more proactive and intentional with whatever area it is. And today we're talking about decisions that might be overwhelming you, causing shame, regret, you miss things that you wanted to do. I know some people who have ADHD, let's say, or OCD. I mean, these are solid diagnoses that make executive function super difficult. We're saying these things are real. We're not minimizing them. But again, I think we can invite the Lord into these places. We can make ourselves be intentional with our emotions and how maybe we're getting caught up in triggers and things that are tripping us up and look at it. And what we're just saying is, pause, look at it. If it's a continual problem, it's something you don't have to live with. You can ask and invite them in and make some changes. So we just want to wish you guys a great week and hope that some of these changes you could maybe implement this weekend and have a good one. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the More Than Enough podcast. We are still busy behind the scenes setting up our website, but for now, if you would like to stay up to date or follow along, you can follow us on Instagram at Girls. That's A-M-E-S-G-I-R-L-S. We know that because we're a newer podcast, one of the best ways for people to find us is through reviews. So if you would take just a few minutes and write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would be so grateful. Thank you so much again for joining us, and we look forward to chatting it up again with you next week. Have a lovely week.